The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're listening to The Train Gods. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? It's the newest episode of Trade Gods. I am one of the co-hosts, Matty Kiwum, and I am joined by, of course, my fellow Trade God brethren, the morning man himself, Mr. Jason Allwine. What's going on, Jay? Nothing much, man. Ready to record this episode. I have to ask. I mean, we've done so many episodes together, but like, are you the co-host? I feel like you're the host and I'm the co-host. Like I feel like you should just call yourself the host. Isn't it? Aren't you, aren't I don't know you how by it your very nature of it being two, your co? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like, you know, like you host the show and I'm kind of there also. I mean, right, it's, let's start, let's start know, at the top. Let's start, <laughs> top. let's start at the top. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? It's the latest episode of Trade Gods. I'm the host with the most and I'm joined by this guy, Jason. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> Good. Well, we're already starting tonight's show on absolute fire, and it's only going to get more and more fun because we are grading trades tonight. But it's not just going to be me. It's not just going to be Jason. We got a guest on, surprise guest, Ooh. if you will. Jason, tell the people listening who's about to join us. Man, I I couldn't be more excited. Could not be more excited to have my friend, my friend, Seth Dewald joining us. You've seen him on the Writers' Roundtable. You've seen him all over Twitter. You've seen him all over the articles. You've seen him now managing the YouTube. What a guy. What a fantastic man. And we finally have him here on Trade Gods again for a second appearance. Let's get into it. Oh, there I am. How about yeah. that? All right. What's up? Wow. What an introduction. Ah, oh, thank you for that. I it's been too long, guys, since I've been yeah. on Trade Gods. And now we get to talk about the thing that we let's face it, we all spend all of our days, all of our waking hours thinking about. It's like, ooh, how can I flip Jalen Waddle <laughs> for you know make this team what? that kind okay. of contender anyway? Anyway, I don't know. It's just a terrible example. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. 100%. This is what we do all day is think about making trades. Yeah, I've thought about probably all in leagues together. Yeah, we need to do, we need to start, (laughs) you need to start doing this show. You need to take over one of those FFPC orphans and then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, flip it. Like Theo was talking about when you, when you went on one of his shows, Maddie, that sounded like a world that you could get absorbed and lost in is the dynasty orphan market where you can like flip a team and then put it for sale or something dude i have never been more intrigued by a fantasy concept than when theo let that little air out of the balloon and talk about that whole separate market of fantasy gaming and i was like theo you're gonna have to come back on the game plan because i need to hear about this it was fascinating that you could just take orphans build them up build the value and then flip them almost like you know real estate or any it's 
Yeah. It was like a, right, Jason, right? Right? That was exactly my re- that was my reaction exactly oh. when Theo brought that up. I was just like, wait a second. Is this is this heaven? Is this is this is this no, a new full time job? It's is Iowa. This, <laughs> good pull. Good yeah. pull. Good there pull. We go. So we you know that Seth, we talked about this pre show. You were the last guy that was on when we graded the last set of trades. Yeah, I'm back and, and we're doing we're doing you guys got a stack of ungraded dynasty trades and and you needed a teacher to show up. But Bradley Stalder, you know, short notice. I mean, Bradley, I'm sure would have been here if you would have asked. I don't know if you asked or not. To Is be honest. Bradley no trades though? He's like a best ball guy. Can you do oh, that's trades true. in those that's contests? True. Is he I a just, teacher too? Yeah. He is a teacher. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. Oh. So Bradley, by the way, go check out Best Bell Fantasy or Stack Hunters as it is now on Tuesday. Stack night. Hunters now. We're rebranded, baby. Go. We're making some yeah. good stuff out here. But also go follow his YouTube too. So he's good. He's a good guy, that Bradley. Uh but yeah, he's a teacher. So I, I just the 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 stack of papers. Uh, imagery you know is what i was thinking of but i guess i'm the perfect one to do this to be honest because i'm a dynasty player and a teacher so i'm here i'm here for you you are best yes you're right you are in both worlds so you could provide that teacher pop as well as the analysis of a fantasy football guru like yourself so you're the perfect guest for this exact segment and if you get anyone out there wants to check out that episode of the game plan i had theo and jd from the goat district on uh three episodes ago so go ahead and check that out you can go get that oh, yeah. link or at the player profile or main feed we got to get in the trade number one but before we do let's hear from the pod father talk about rival fantasy oh baseball season's heating up it's all about baseball right now you know eh, baseball baseball yeah baseball is the most exploitable of the sports, especially on Rival Fantasy, RivalFantasy.com. Go there now. They have the fantasy book where you can take over under a certain number of fantasy points, and they have challenges where you can take player X or player Y. I get great pleasure out of fading Mike Trout into oblivion. And then don't forget about Fantasy Bingo, where you can say, okay, I think Acuna's going to steal a base today. I think that Freddie Freeman's going to have two hits based on the matchup. The lefty-righty and the pitcher-quality matchups that you could exploit are unlike any other sport. Go to RivalFantasy.com. Use the promo code PLAYER. They refund any losses up to 50 bucks, and they are a great supporter of Player Profiler. Everything we do, this show in particular, is only possible because of Rival. RivalFantasy.com. The promo code is PLAYER. So go ahead and play a little bit of Rival today. It's a great way to spice up fantasy sports. And if you had been listening to the Podfather since these promos were coming out and just continue to bet Ronald Acuna stolen bags, You'd have yourself a pretty set of little cash going on there. But here we are. We're going to start off with trade number one, number trade number two in our notes. But it's trade number one here tonight on Trade Gods. It is part of a 12-team PPR Superflex 1.5 TEP. This is important. Six-point passing per touchdown. Start 10. This comes from our guy Barson in the Discord. He received Joe Burrow in a 2024 second. And to get those two assets, he traded Michael Pittman, Rashad Bateman, Anthony Richardson, a 24 third, and a 24 first. So teach Mr. Seth, grade the trade here for FF Barson. Wow. Um, I feel anytime you're on the side of the elite quarterback, that gives you points in the rubric of the trade for sure. And I would love to be able to look at FF Barson's team because if, if I had to guess, it, I, I'm guessing he had some depth at wide receiver 
and he was obviously he obviously had the 102 so he, to get Richardson either the 102 101 somewhere in there to get Richardson so I would love to look at his team but man that that seems like a fair trade on its surface but I I always will lean towards the side of the elite quarterback in a super flex league so Burrow is a set it and forget it as much as we like the upside of Anthony Richardson it's a gamble. It's a really good gamble. I think Richardson's going to pay off big time. Mm-hmm. But if you're a win now team looking for a set it forget it quarterback, I think I, I don't hate that Burrow side. What do you guys think? Well, what are you grading it? What's the grade here, Seth? You got to give it a grade oh, here. Mark okay, the paper. Okay. It's um, I'll give it a solid B, B okay. minus somewhere in there. You did you did have to give up a haul. You know, there's a first rounder in there in 2025 and. Anthony Richardson, I like a lot, and Pittman and Bateman, really good receivers to be sure. Um, but I don't know. I, how do you guys feel about this? I'm interested to hear your opinion, Jason. What do you got here? How are you grading this thing for Mister? Yeah, Bart? I don't. I don't mind the B minus at all. I was actually kind of thinking like a high C plus, like a 78. I feel like is the perfect score for this because I want to get one thing on the table, and that's I love Joe Burr. Yeah. I love Joe. Burrow, Joe Shiesty, Joe. Brr, I love that. And I think I think he's just. I just think he's so fantastic to own in Dynasty. But like Seth, I understand that Anthony Richardson is a gamble. However, I think it's a gamble that's gonna pay off when you look for boxes that you're trying to check with a quarterback. To me, Anthony Richardson checks every single one. World class athleticism fantastic coaching staff led by Shane Steichen, who led Jalen Hurts, great surrounding weapons, and Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Jelani Woods, maybe Josh Downs is something. And a division that's really competitive, meaning that the games are going to have decent game scripts. You're always going to have fantasy points coming with every single game that's facing these Colts. So I believe that Anthony Richardson will hit and have the fantastic season. And going into 2024, he will be locked in as a 10-10, a top 10 quarterback, in my opinion. And the fact that you're trading away Anthony Richardson and Michael Pittman, that little Colt stack, stings a good bit. And of course, the potential that Rashad Bateman has. But again, I love Joe Burrow getting the elite proven quarterback in a super flex league. This is just what it takes. So they've definitely passed this this trade. It's easily a C. And because I like Joe Burrow so much, I've bumped it up to a C plus. The only reason it's not higher is because I do firmly believe that Anthony Richardson will hit. It's just, of course, not proven yet. So it's hard to give him much higher than that. That's totally fair analysis by both you guys. Um, and I'm with you too. You know, you're getting a guy like Joe Burrow. You're getting a top, could be as high as top two dynasty quarterback, especially in this, the format, six point per mm-hmm. passing touchdown. So he's not getting gypped by not being a Konami code guy. You look at the picks in 2024, you're technically going, you're moving up around, which is a nice little, little bonus. Yeah. I think if it was a 24 first. I would have swung it slightly in the favor of the guy that Barson made the trade with. But because. Mm-hmm. 25 first i think you're kicking the can down you're you're giving yourself enough time to recalibrate if need be you're getting mm-hmm. joe burrow this is a start 10 12 team or so we are thinking maybe what 60 or so wide receivers are started per week 
Rashad Bateman is cl- falling closer and closer to that top 60 than he ever was before. You know, he used to be a top 30-ish, top 40-ish guy. Now he's falling there. I mean, I'm with you, Jason. Richardson could absolutely be a dude. He could be somebody that is absolutely startable and relied on for fantasy football. But this is the type of price you have to pay to get a king like Joe. Brrr. Did I do that right, Jason? I did okay. That was pretty good. No, but that was pretty wow. good. You guys can roll your you guys can roll your tongues, huh? I can't do that. It'd be like Joe. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <Or> me. <laughs> Joe Blair, David Blair. That's you could do the David Blair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, got Joe, you got David Blair. That's, that's like Jimmy from South Park. Oh. Jimmy from South Park. Uh, anyway, anyway, I love the stack here, but I'm going to give it a B. I'm going I'm to copy you, Jason. I love the new the number the grade here. I'm going to give it an 83 percent, so a solid B. I'm going to give it a B yeah. here. I like I, 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 interesting that we are all kind of in the same. Ballpark. I, we, I Joe Burrow. Yeah. If we know Joe Burrow. Yeah. Joe, Burrow. Joe Burrow. It's, Joe it Burrow. matters. Joe Burrow certainly matters. It, He's like, so lot, good. Joe Burrow is so good. Joe Blue is so good. <laughs> <laughs> My Atlanta. Oh, baby, this is the, this is just, this is the best. All right, let's move on to trade number two. We're grading another one here in the Discord. This comes from am hutch in discord at hutch 91 on sleeper he's acquiring jalen waddle and he's trading away juju smith schuster <clears throat> dj moore and jackson smith nick jigba in a 10 team ppr superflex 1.5 tep start 10 jason how are you grading this trade yeah so what's hard for me is that our discord member did what everyone in the fantasy football community preaches and that's trading your extra pieces lower creating more roster space and getting a true superstar in Jalen Waddle. the problem with that is you've traded away two potential superstars Maddie I'll let you talk about DJ Moore when it comes around to you but I love myself some Jackson Smith and Jigba and I feel like his value can only get higher Right now, you know, people bring up, oh, the Seahawks don't traditionally run three wide receiver sets. They normally do two tight ends and two wide receivers, and that's just what the Seahawks do. But the Seahawks also have never had a wide receiver three as good as Jackson Smith and Jigba. And also their second tight end has always been pretty solid. Colby Parkinson last year, Noah Fant. I mean, like solid, decent receivers that are going to get open. But now with Jackson Smith and Jigba, now with the trust that Geno Smith has officially gained in this organization, that's going to change. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be on the field, and he's going to get plenty of volume because defenses are going to be focused on DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and JSN's just going to be open, man. And I think tons of volume is going to go his way. I think in dynasty purposes, you've got to remember that Tyler Lockett's pushing 30 and only getting older, eventually will be out of the league. And then JSN's going to be the wide receiver too for the Seahawks offense. To me, it's just a recipe for success that's been completely understated around the fantasy football community. But because they have followed the principles as laid out by trade gods and other trade advice fantasy people, I'm only going to put it as low as a C minus. I don't think they failed because they have technically traded unproven assets for a proven Jalen Waddle. I just personally do believe in all three of these unproven assets to a certain degree. It's where I think overall I would take the other team side, but I'm not too upset about it. So I'm just going to give them a, a firm 70. They've passed, but that's it. 
Okay, I like that. You know, everyone here that's tuning into the Trade Gods knows how I feel about DJ Moore. Knows that I believe that there will be a breakout season among us now that he will be a no-doubt alpha with a talented quarterback. Uh, sometimes players are good enough to change the course of an offensive philosophy, and I think the connection of Fields and DJ Moore can bring that out of the Chicago Bears. I also think that maybe it's being understated how much firepower is now in the NFC North. The Vikings have one of the best offenses. The uh, Lions under Ben Johnson have been an absolute powerhouse. And once Jameson Williams comes back, we're talking about even getting better. And then the Packers. I mean, we don't know how it's going to go because it's the Jordan Love era, but, I mean, they still have two good running backs. They've invested quite a bit in the pass-catching team this year, getting two tight ends in Jaden Reed with a top 50 selection for Mr. Reed. So I, I do think that this is going to be a, a good haul that the team moving away from Waddle is. So getting, like you said, Jackson Smith and Jigba, that's a top 15 dynasty receiver. DJ Moore is probably right outside. We have met a wide receiver 17. Juju is very volatile. He probably will get 120, 125 targets this year in New England now with DeAndre Hopkins not going to the Patriots. So this is a good haul. But when you look at the format, 10 teams, 10 starters, 50 starting receivers at most per season, I mean, per week. If Jackson takes some time to get ready in this offense, get acclimated in this offense, you're talking about just the DJ Moore starting, guarantee being a guaranteed starter in a, on a competitive team. Now, having said that, I'm assuming the team moving off of Waddle is looking for more assets, maybe looking more of a you know productive struggle. But I would also argue that Jalen Waddle's super young, so to get this guy, it's a tremendous W uh, for Mister Hutch. Super fast, super electric offense in an AFC East that should be a lot more shootout prone than it has in recent history. You're getting the superstar in the shallow format, so that's going to bump it up enough to me. I'm with you, though, Jason, after I said all this, because I think we're both kind of just arguing other sides of the same coin here. I'm going to give it a 72 in favor of Hutch, but still a solid C. I think this is a win on both sides. Seth, how do you see this trade break now? Give us your grade. Yeah, I think the form or the definitely the 10 team makes the Waddle side make more sense because if it were a 12 team, I would say obviously the DJ Moore side, Smith and Jigba, Smith Schuster side wins mm-hmm. out. But I, I think I'm going to agree with you. But I just want to point out that I feel, and Maddie and I, I think, are on, in, in the same wavelength as in, in this belief that DJ Moore is going to be super productive for fantasy football. There's a there's a lot of narrative out there about the Bears offense last year about how it was laughably not pass heavy at all and they ran the ball more than any other team. But now he's DJ Moore finally has that quarterback. I mean, if, if you look at DJ Moore's catchable target rate over the last four years, it's laughable. I mean, number ninety yeah, last year, number seventy one in twenty twenty one, number seventy nine in twenty twenty, number seventy five in twenty nineteen. So Justin Fields doesn't need to be great. He just needs to be good to get the ball to a a receiver that excels in the area of the field where Justin Fields is good. Justin Fields is good throwing the ball intermediate. And Mm -hmm. and that's where DJ Moore will excel in this offense. And I, I, you know, you could call me a homer. You could call me. I got my, my bears goggles on, but I think, (laughs) I think this Justin Fields, DJ Moore stack is, is going to win some people, uh, some tournaments, some leagues this year. So I'm a big believer in DJ Moore. I'm a big believer in Smith and Jigba. So I, I think I favor that side even in this uh, even, even in this 10-team format. 
but I can understand getting Waddle. I mean, yeah. Waddle's just a proven superstar. So if you need to, to consolidate some roster spots, I get it, but give me the DJ Moore side. I'll give I'll probably give it around a 70. I think that's a fair grade. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I I'm right there in lockstep with you, but I think we're still too low on DJ Moore. Oh, uh, you know that's music to my ears, Mister Dival. You know, I mean, I love the DJ Moore. Love. I'm also sitting here looking at this graphic, completely bugging out. Has there ever been a trade with two guys, Jay Smith hyphen second name? <laughs> in the of football. Never. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, how many players with a hyphenated name are there? No, there's not many. It's just, uh, yeah. you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. Imagine if it was Jalen, but he Jalen Smith-Waddle. <laughs> just thought yeah. that would yeah, add right to the there. craziness of the trade. But I really was trying to build up another uh, – well, well, we got a crazy trade here today, but it's not this next one. This next one, though, is a fun one. Coke Harrell, 13 in the Discord. He is receiving Kyle Pitts. Ronnell Moore, Yahan Dotson in a 2025 first round pick. And he's sending away C.D. Lamb, Isaiah Likely in a 2024 second pick. This trade was completed in a 12-team PPR Superflex. Another 1.5 TEP start 10. Seth, kick us off on this one. Grade the trade for Mr. Cocaro 13. Wow. I think this is another good example of selling high and buying low. I think you're definitely buying low on Kyle Pitts in a tight end premium league. I am super big on tight end uh, on Kyle Pitts in just about every format this year because of the price tag. I mean, how yes. can you not how can you not be in on a tight end who his rookie season he bit he beat every record that Dick Buckus, I mean, uh what's uh Mike Ditka could throw at him. I mean, did you do that on purpose or you just supporting your boy here? No, I'm just supporting your boy, Dick Buckus. Was it Dick Buckus? Dick Buckus. Or, yeah, no, Dick Buckus. It was one of those, uh, you know, it was one of those tough Bears players that we're known for. But Kyle Pitts, insane athletic profile in a tight end premium league. You get Jahan Dotson, who is also an underrated player. Rondell Moore, all of a sudden, with DeAndre Hopkins departing and Hollywood Brown, I mean, I think. I don't know. I, I'd have to. I, I don't want to speak to his contract because I, off the top of my head, I, I want to say that his contract might be expiring. I, I'm not exactly sure, but there's more opportunity there in Arizona, and they could very well be in this Caleb Williams sweepstakes uh, for the number one pick. And you get the the first round pick in 2025. I do understand you're giving up CD Lamb, but I'm going to give this a solid B B plus just because I like Kyle Pitts that much as a tight end, as just a set it and forget it. And I know we want to talk about this Atlanta offense in the in terms of, oh, there's no quarterback. They want to run the ball. But think about it this way. Either Desmond Ritter is going to be good and they're going to be out of the quarterback conversation because Desmond Ritter's Ritter's good or Desmond Ritter is going to be bad and they're going to be in the quarterback market with potentially, I don't know, Kirk Cousins or Kyler Murray or think of the quarterbacks that could be available to Atlanta who, who yep. could have a, a high pick because their quarterback's not going to be that good. So either Ritter's yeah. not good this year or they're they're moving on, you know, because it's they don't have much invested in him. So long-term, Kyle Pitts, trust in the athleticism. Go buy Kyle Pitts. I like this trade. Yeah, Jason was uh, two in the Kyle Pitts-Hornerowski just a week ago. So, Jason, how do you grade this trade? 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty lockstep with Seth as well. He gave a B plus. I'm feeling at least an A on here because I, as you guys know, a few weeks ago, I had CD Lamb as a sell candidate. Right now, he's the wide receiver three in Dynasty. He can't go any higher. He's not passing Jamar Chase. He's not passing Justin Jefferson. So at the very least, we are at his floor or ceiling, and it, it can maybe stay there. Or more than likely, it's going down and someone else has taken that wide receiver three spot next year. And then you talk about Kyle Pitts, who last week you could turn into last week's episode. I laid out why I believe Kyle Pitts will be the main receiving option on the Falcons offense. I firmly believe it. Drake London taking away the cornerback ones. Bijan Robinson taking away a linebacker. Kyle Pitts is going to be open 10 times out of 10 times. Will he get the ball every time? Who knows? But he's going to see tons of volume. We've seen the efficiency in his rookie year and capitalize on the fact that Kyle Pitts has never played a game with Desmond Ritter. And so people are unsure. Don't be unsure about Kyle Pitts. He's going into his third year. This tight ends take some time. I know we're upset. I know we've been burned by Kyle Pitts, but this is a player you've got to keep going back to the well on. We saw it with TJ Hawkinson. Everyone gave up on TJ Hawkinson. Now look at him. He's right back where he should have been. And that's the exact same trajectory for Kyle Pitts. Probably even better. You're telling me you're trading the wide receiver three in dynasty for the tight end three in dynasty in a tight end premium plus a top 30 wide receiver in Jahan Dotson, plus a top 50 probably wide receiver in Rondell Moore, and a first-round pick two years down the line. I mean, God, every single day of the week, give me this trade. Co-Carroll, congratulations on the assets you've received. This is an A trade for me. I'll make it quick. I do believe C.D. Lamb is by far the best asset in this trade if you're trying to win in 23. But I'm going to assume that Cole Carroll is looking for the future because, like you said, Jason, it might even take another year for Kyle Pitts to, to, to truly be a dominator in fantasy. But if you just break the trade down, Dotson and Pitts would be enough for me to sell Lamb. And then if you're talking about a first in 25 and Rondell Moore versus likely in a 24 second, give me the first rounder, even if it's a year later. So I'm going to give him a solid 78. But because he's a member of the Discord, I'm going to make that a B minus. I'm a good nice. teacher. There you go. Can I do I want to say, can we before we move on, uh, Seth brought up if Desmond Ritter sucks, then we've got another quarterback next year. But even if Desmond Ritter sucks, Taylor Heineke is going to be fine this year. Totally fine this year. So I think yeah, all yeah, he, he's back. okay. He, he can he can yeah. support. He could give Drake London one game, Kyle Pitts one game, B. John yeah. Robinson one game. Yeah. Can I just yeah, say, can I say something real quick? Of course. Um, so Kyle Pitts, after finishing number 11, in fantasy points per game his rookie year finished number 22 but but he was number one in deep targets number yep. two in average a dot average target distance and number one in unrealized air yards amongst tight ends last year so and number one in target rate but that's really not fair because atlanta never passed the ball so how can you be number one in target rate amongst tight ends and finishes the tight end 22 in fantasy points per game that tells me you were dealing with a pretty terrible quarterback Right, so it, it, so basically, it, betting on Pitts in twenty three is betting on Desmond Ritter. It's that simple. Yep. I mean, and or Heineke, and uh, yeah, but, I just, oh, yeah. I, no. I think it's a bet on the Falcons' offense. To be honest, if you're gonna take a Falcons pass catcher, it better be Kyle Pitts. Ooh, yeah. Love it. Well, love the take. Love look, the take. Just think about that. What they've invested in their offense: Bijan, top eight pick; Drake London, top ten pick; Pitts, top five pick. Right. 
was four yeah. overall, I believe. He went yeah, above Jamar. And a top yeah. 10 offensive line and a top 16 head coach. Probably Man, better. 29th best quarterback in the league. <laughs> Man, they're, they're going to know. They're going to know if Ritter's no good. They're, you know, they're going to know right Who away. Who knows? Maybe Trey Lance. Maybe those rumors yeah. get you a little steam heading into OTAs. Or We'll see. This next trade, though, boys, it's going to take some explaining to do. Okay, so let's bring it up. This is uh, – Oh, Lord. It's Gippy F1 in the chat – I mean, in the Discord. Shout out to you. He's always giving us trades to break down on Trade God. So big, big shout out to you, Gippy F1, in the Discord. This is part of a three-way trade. So because the assets are so stacked up, it's because there was another team that facilitated this trade. But we don't really care about what those other teams received. We're just breaking it down from Gippy's uh, point of view. So his part of the trade was Hertz, ETN, Gibbs, and Marvin Mims. And to get all this to happen, he sent away Jeff Wilson, uh, Khalil Herbert, Anthony Richardson, and four 24 first round picks the guy who sold hurts for the additional context received all four of these round ones and an additional first so he was doing he got five round ones from this trade trading jalen hurts it is a 12 team ppr superflex 1.5 tep start 11 so a little bit deeper than some of these last trades a lot to break down i'm very excited to hear from mr all yeah, yeah, no, I saw this in the Discord and I replied to it and I still haven't wrapped my head around it at all. This is just such a massive trade. I would love to pull on my Mr. All Wine pants and be like, why is it so convoluted? In fact, that's what I said in Discord. I replied to it and said, well, you know, I get the trade, but what would it look like if it was Anthony Richardson plus for Jalen Hurts? Like, would it just be Anthony Richardson and a first for Jalen Hurts? That feels like a simple trade. Let's do that. But instead, it's an incredibly convoluted trade with asset after asset after asset being thrown (laughs) into it. So (laughs) for the sake of argument, I'm going to break it down like this. Let's say that Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, and Marvin Mims are worth three 24 first round picks. To make sure I did plug it into the trade analyzer, it's fairly close. You know, I mean, I feel like Gibbs could probably fetch two, two firsts. ETN is close to a first, so to throw Marvin Mims in there, I feel like it's fine. So we'll cancel that out. So then Mm -hmm. it just comes down to Anthony Richardson, a first-round pick, Jeff Wilson, and Khalil Herbert for Jalen Hurts. The trade analyzer does take the Anthony Richardson side by a decent margin, but personally, I do find it fairly close, even though I do believe in Anthony Richardson a good bit. I think overall, I'm just going to give it a grade of a B, a firm B, because they traded away unproven assets and future assets for current guys that not only have a ton of potential, but also do have proven worth. So it is a smart move. It's just giving away so many future assets that keeps it from being an A for me. I I just feel like so much was given away that, you know, overall, both teams are happy. Both teams are getting tons of assets. I'm keeping it as a B here. Uh, I, I would have liked to see, a, you know, a cleaner trade, but, you know, I get it. I like Travis Etienne. I like Gibbs. I like Hurt. I love Hurts. I like Mims, right? I'm not a big fan of Jeff Wilson. Not a big fan of Khalil <clears throat> Herbert. Huge fan of Anthony Richardson. And, I mean, who knows what those first turn into. But, again, B for this trade. Congratulations on getting the current assets with potential. 
but you did trade trade away a lot in the future. My analysis on this trade and my grade breakdown is going to turn a lot of value snobs uh, red, beat red. They're going to be really mad at what I say here because this is the type of thing that gets the you know some of the community that only looks at value and just only looks to value and doesn't necessarily put their pedal to the metal. Just kind of, you know, get mad when they hear things like this. So I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway. Sometimes when you're going to get your guy, you got to pay for it. Yep. Some things aren't for sale. You got to make them for sale. I actually just overpaid for Pat Mahomes in my home league. And guess what? (laughs) If I posted it out here, I think a lot of people would probably tell me I'm dumb. But sometimes I just say, you know what? Screw it. You have to pay the price. Sometimes when you walk to a store and you like a pair of Jordans, you got to pay the man, the piper. This yeah. trade to me smells of that. He pays a lot, but he gets a lot. I'm going to give it an 86, a solid B. I'd probably bump it close to an A minus if he could have held on to one of these first because I think yeah. when you're going for it this heavily, you hate to put all those fun coupons in one trade. So if he was able to hold on to just one of these and it was three round ones, I would have said it was an A minus. But even with the fourth, sometimes you just got to get your guy and listen, Gibbs. ETN, would any of you be shocked if he just acquired two top 12, top 14 running backs on a points per game basis in the season? No. And then Marvin Mims, you know, we'll wait to see. But these could be, you know, a complete game changer in Jalen Hurts and two stud running backs. So, yes, sometimes you got to pay the man, the piper, to get the guy that you want to lead the franchise. But shout out you, Gippy, showing the league you got some cojones and making it happen. Yep. Seth, how do you grade this trade? Oh my god! This this I can't believe this trade didn't break the trade analyzer. I mean, <laughs> well, Jay said to chop it up into eight different pieces. Let me I, know, I know. Like I can, I, I'll just go ahead and cross Jeff Wilson off, and I think Khalil Herbert is almost a cross off. To be honest, I know that a lot of people think that he's going to lead the Bears in production this year, and I I guess it's possible, but I think Roche that backfield's Roshan Johnson's in the future. So from a dynasty perspective. Uh, I Khalil Herbert's not quite a cross off, but I'd be trying to, I'd be trying to trade him right now. Cause he, he, he's not a good, a good in pata- pass protection. He's not good, good at catching the ball out of the backfield. So what's mm. he, what's he going to do? You know, I mean, he's, I mean, there are two other guys that can run the ball in between the tackles there now. So yeah. the Donta Foreman's probably better than him at that. And Roshan's probably better in pass protection and catching the pass of the backfield. So right. What's what do you think is going to happen to Khalil Herbert? So anyway, a little tidbit there from a, a guy who follows the Bears too closely. Um, <laughs> Had to so, make it a Bears show, Seth. You son it, of a bitch. Yes, I almost did. I didn't quite do it with the DJ Moore. I could have, but I you could have. I, I could have. But this but this 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 was the the final straw. You did it. Yeah. So essentially, to me, this trade is Richardson and four firsts for Hertz, Etn, Gibbs. And Mims, and so if you're going for it, I mean, you get Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is easily worth three firsts, maybe like worth maybe Richardson four. and two firsts, I would say. And then that, that then that comes down to now you're getting Etn Gibbs and Mims for the other two firsts. And I, dude, we're in this to win championships. Yep. And so if this is the move that makes you the ultimate contender in your league, I'm totally fine with it. I'm giving it an A. I'll give it. A, I'll give it like a ninety. 90 92 but it's one of those weird days it's one of those weird days where it's there's no a minuses so it's a 90 for me because you're getting the elite asset i mean you could tomorrow if you wanted to trade jalen hurts for three firsts right 
I think you can. Re- you're saying you can recoup a lot of these future assets. Uh, yeah. On a, you know, in, in, a, in a, one yeah. decision. Maybe not in this league yeah. because now a lot of these firsts are on a team that I'm assuming is a rebuilding team now because they just acquired a bunch of firsts and gave up a bunch. So it might in this particular league, but you could get the equivalent of that tomorrow. I mean, Jalen Hurts' value I, is about as lock and as safe as as it gets in Dynasty. So that's yeah. the crown jewel of this trade, obviously. But then I think Gibbs has a lot of upside. I know Theo really likes him this year in that Detroit offense that yeah. you're going to want piece of this NFC North. I mean, there's just not a lot of good defenses and I think there's going to be a lot of shootouts. So, and Mims is a very intriguing prospect. So I really like this because we're in this to win it and you get the crown jewel asset in Jalen hurts. It sucks giving up Richardson because I think he might be able to turn into that, but we aren't sure as of right now. So I'm, I'm totally cool with this. I'm, I'm, I'm a thousand percent on the, on, on the side of your, uh, your listener here. Shout out Gibby F one for getting the highest grade of the show. The next trade we're going to break down is part of a 10-team half-point PPR Superflex 1.0 tight end premium because the half-point PPR start 10. This comes from Fantasy Moonman in the Discord. He is receiving Cooper Cup in a 25-second for Shoddy B, Rashad Bateman, and Brock Purdy. Jason, grade the trade for Mr. Fantasy Moonman. Yeah, this one's tough for me because I love Brock Purdy. I really do. I believe he will be the starter and continue to be the starter for the San Francisco 49ers. He's done too much for that not to be the case. However, I understand how value works. So I do think they've won this trade. I'm going to put it at a C plus because overall I do take the cup side right now. I just think that, you know, maybe during the season that you, you, you can maybe recoup, coop a, get cup a little bit less, you know, I, I, but, but, Overall, I feel like they got Cooper Cup for a great price. If I look at the trade finder, which I did, go check out playerprofiler.com. Look at the trade finder. You can find all sorts of trades that were actually completed in real leagues. Here are three that were just insane for Cooper Cup. Kenneth Walker and the 106 in 2023. Jalen Waddle for Cooper Cup straight up. And even a Najee Harris plus Stephon Diggs deal. So the fact that Cooper Cup was acquired for just Bateman and Purdy does lend some credence to it. It is a win. It's just I love myself some Purdy. And in a super flex league, you would like to have that quarterback. I do believe this is a low point in the market for both Bateman and Purdy. So because they're going against the principles of selling low on good assets, I have to dock them a little bit. But still, they've passed this trade. I'm going to give them as close to a B as possible, a 79. I'm actually going to give it an 81. I'm going to give it a solid B for a lot of the things you said, Jason. Cooper Cup, I mean, he had 98 targets in nine games last year. He had 22 points per game. It doesn't matter if it's Matthew Stafford with his Linguini elbow or Stetson Bennett. I mean, Cooper Cup is going to be a target monster, and he is going to be a a beast in anywhere where they award, even if it's a half-point PPR to receivers. He's going to be uber valuable. Now, I'm adding this additional context. It's not in the note, so I'm just assuming here by analyzing a lot of trades. Jason and I look at a lot of trades, so you kind of get a knack for this thing. I'm assuming Brock Purdy is QB4 at QB3 at best. So he's probably selling Brock Purdy without really needing Brock Purdy. And Rashad Bateman at this point is... Um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting dangerously close to the hope side 
of the fence here where we were used to be draft capital analyzing, you know, his skills. And now we're getting to what we hope he's good territory because he can't stay healthy. They keep bringing in more and more pass catchers. So it's still, I still believe in Bateman, but again, we talked about earlier show being most like closely to that 60th receiver than he ever was before. So I don't think it's a big loss there. Now, if, if that was a 24 second and he was getting a little bit more immediate value as opposed to the 25 second, I would absolutely, I would have bumped it up to be probably a B plus, but having said this here, I'm going to give it a solid B minus at 82 percentile. Seth, how do you see this trade breaking it down? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you're right about Purdy. I'm guessing he probably that's, you know, what are you going to do if you're a contender and you have four quarterbacks? I mean, you can only start two of them in a super flex league. So I'm sure that factors in here and and context matters around these trades. This is a classic win now move, in my opinion. And I think Cooper Cup, much like Kelsey, I think, is has two to this. We're talking an elite player. I mean, one of the best, one of the better wide receivers we've ever seen in an offense that doesn't have a good defense. I mean, if Cooper Cup's healthy this year, he's going to kill it. I mean, he's going to he's going to have a year and he's going to set it and forget it um type of player in your lineup so this is i think another good move we're here to win and while i love bateman i love bateman but he's unproven and there's some uncertainty i mean purdy i think is likely more valuable than bateman that might be a hot take but it's i I feel like i feel like maybe they're around a similar value Mm -hmm. but i i really like this cooper cup side especially you're getting that second round pick i know it's not a 2024 pick but you could that could be another pick you use to go out and get a veteran that you need let's say maybe tyler lockett could be a piece that you could go get for that second i don't know um so that could be another piece that you use to just add to your your team so i like this cooper cup side because i think cooper cup's got a lot of left a lot left in the tank Shout out to you, Fantasy Moon Man. And if you're watching, checking out this show here on YouTube, leave a little note in the comments section. Uh, let us know. Was this your QB three or four or five? We, we would love to know that extra context to really get the, the gist of the trade. So shout out to you, Fantasy Moon Man. This last trade comes to us from Atomic X Media, Cody74 on Sleeper. This is a startup trade. Okay, so this is happening during a startup draft. He is receiving the 305, the 608. And a future 24 first, a 24 second, and a future 25 first. And he's moving away a massive asset here, the 111 in the startup draft, the 602, and a 25 second. Now get ready, folks. This is a 10-team PPR Superflex 1.5 TEP, 1.25 running back premium, 6 point per passing TD, start 11. So we are talking about some pretty cool values here. Seth. Throw us a grade here on this trade for Mr. Ectomic X Media in Discord. Jason, you got something? Gonna... Yeah, how is there a 111 if it's a 10 team? It must be a 12 team. This must be a complete misprint. Yeah. It's oh, yeah, got to be. Sorry. It is. Oh, right. I'm looking That's at good. the notes. Don't sometimes the graphics lie, folks. The notes. <laughs> so I just want to make sure. <laughs> Listen, dude, dude. Good, good catch here. And I'm sure everyone, all the listeners are going, eh? Yes, this is a 12-teamer. This is a 12-team okay, league. Okay. So it's pretty. It's a pretty deep starting lineup here, start 11 and 12-teamer. So, Seth, now that the information is correct here, coming from someone who just deployed the productive struggle in the Dynasty Roundtable startup, how are you grading this trade? Oh, my God. Uh, 
a a if you're going the productive struggle route i'm a cross off guy okay and, and you might some people might go hmm yeah how could you you know they might have that reaction <laughs> whatever whatever that was like, some I don't, people might go hmm. i don't like how he's doing that but this is what i do I, that was I a total like, joe bear move I, I feel like those six the 602 608 you're getting around the same type of player there so yeah, I just like enough of that guy. Enough, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna type it in the chat, and that's gonna do nobody any good. Oh, that was a callback to before. It, I'm snapping. I'm crossing. I, so the 608, 602, obviously those aren't the same thing, but they're close. They're so close I'm cross, crossing it off, crossing it off. So that leaves us with the 111 and a 2025 second for the 305 in the startup. A 2024 first, 2024 second, 2025 first. Why don't we just cross the? I know that you're, you're getting the better second round pick because it's sooner. So essentially, this is two two first round picks in the 305 for the 111. That's way more than I got for the 112 that I traded away in the dynasty roundtable startup. So bravo, Cody, Cody 74. I, I bet you if you put this in the trade analyzer, it's a smash too. So a lot of good assets that you're getting back and the 305 is a really good pick so bravo man you crushed it jason hey, hey 99 you. this gets a 99 whoa maybe maybe i gave away the award too soon for the highest grade let's see what the aggregate plays out jason how you grade this trade that's so funny i i am on i'm just on the complete opposite side here this is my <laughs> lowest grade of the night uh... <laughs> Oh, I, I get it. it. I, like, love I think it. he got. I think he did get a fair return, but when you're starting up a dynasty league, I just don't want to punt immediately. And I, I mean, I think you got a fair return, and I know that with the 305, you're still getting a decent foundation for your for your team, but not what you would have got with the 111 in a super flex tight end premium league. So it's just for me, I would, I, I just, I want that asset there when I'm starting a league. But that's just a personal preference. I mean, I do think overall you're probably still going to be fine. You're not really competing this year, but you will be competing in years to come. I think if the 25 first was another 24 first, I might be a little bit happier about it. It's just I don't want I I just don't I don't like the overall strategy, but I, I do get it and I, and I I think it makes sense. It's just for me personally, not a big fan. I would just rather take the I don't know Jamar Chase right there at the one eleven. Well, I can't. I can't. Provide, I can Yeah, it'd be more like Bijan Robinson because I can give you an additional context. Uh, this is the beauty of breaking down trades for members of the Discord. They talk to us, and that's why yeah. if you're not tapped into the player profile of Discord, you're doing yourself a, disjust, a disservice here in fantasy football because we're all in there and we're talking trades all the time. We're talking advice, player takes, news. Sometimes the staff talks to each other. It, it, we just do so much in the player profile of Discord, so you've got to check that out. But we do have additional context because Mr. Atomic Media is in the player profile of Discord. He said all the top QBs were gone, so assume that Deshaun Watson is the highest-rated QB. He said the two top receivers were also off the board. So we are looking at wide receiver three, Deshaun Watson, uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, tight end route, or CeeDee Lamb, the wide receiver three. Does that change your mind at all, Jason? If it's if if that 111 was Bijan, I am definitely taking the Bijan side in my 
Okay. Nothing has changed. So it could be Bijan. It could absolutely be Bijan. He said if Bijan was available. If it's CD Lamb, I think I'm still there. I think I'd rather have the CD Lamb side just because, mm-hmm. I mean, I want that asset now. Um, but that is about as close as I get. Like, if you tell me that's Cooper Cup for some reason, or you tell me that that's mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, I'm not that happy about it. I, I, I do think I would rather have the future assets. And, I mean, that 305, Najee Harris? pulling a name out of a hat right there, but that's not a bad asset. So um, I I would like to see the names attached to this, but I'm just assuming that this is probably a top end. I'm giving some best case scenario and I would like, you know, the the 111 in a startup for sure. I'm going to give it a solid C plus because I do think that once you missed out on those two receivers in all the, uh, you know, the top nine quarterbacks, top eight quarterbacks, it does feel like the smart move is to move back yeah. and kind of recalibrate yeah. because if he had the 111, he had the 202, right? Because this is a 12 team or not 10 team. Don't let, don't believe the, the graphics, the graphics lying. So he, I do think he's coming away with a pretty good asset at the 202. And then yeah. having the, you know, yeah. he'll have his three, his late three, he'll have two thirds now. He could still build a contender and have the additional assets to have some yeah. expenditures yeah. later. That's why I'm going to give it a C plus. I do yeah. like the trade. Uh, the additional context does help. And, and, you know, Atomic Media, if you're checking this out on YouTube, go ahead, just leave a few comments in the comment section about maybe what are these players that we're going so we can put some names to it and maybe we could kind of touch upon it later, maybe in an overtime session later on uh, down the road. So that's going to wrap up the six trades. We did six grades. Now we're going to move on to uh, America's favorite segment here on Trade Gods. It's time to buy and sell. And we are talking about not one, not two, but tres, three Tennessee Titanes. Uh, there was a massive shakeup. DeAndre Hopkins signed a two-year deal to play in Nashville. So we are talking about buying and selling Traylon Burks, DeAndre Hopkins, and Chagosium Okonkwo. Let's start with Traylon Burks. Seth, are you buying or selling Traylon Burks after the D-Hop news? I think just as a general principle, I'm buying, but that's the kind of dynasty player I am. I'm always <laughs> kicking the tires on on a, on a player that's value has gone down. It's kind of like buying yeah. stocks. You know, you, you see a stock dip by 30%. You look into it. You say, why did this happen? Uh, did their the CEO who know, kill a man? I don't know. What what happened? <laughs> is, there, is there a legitimate reason why this happened? And of course, Hopkins is a legitimate reason, but Hopkins is an older player and this quarterback situation. I mean, it it could change drastically next year and Hopkins who know, I mean, I know they signed him to a two year deal, but I still think there's some room in this offense for Traylon Burks. I mean, they need, they desperately needed somebody like Deandre Hopkins and yeah, he's going to eat up a lot of the targets of this year, but as he ages, I still, I, you know, I'm still willing to bet on the talent of a Traylon Burks, so I'm buying. Jason, buy or sell Traylon Burks? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Seth, and I mean, I'm just going to, if it's okay, I'm going to put the cart before the horse and kind of talk about the situation with both Burks and Aquanquo, and that is to me that they're both buys. Both of them this offseason were steamed up because we were hoping for some extra volume. It was just them. They were going to eat it all. Now, you know, that's not the case, right? DeAndre Hopkins is there. He's taking away some volume. But still, the argument for Traylon Burks, the argument for Chico Quanquo was their athleticism. And both of them are hyper-efficient 
athletes. And when I put my football goggles on, I recognize that the Tennessee Titans are a really good football team, right? And they're efficient. They run the play-action offense better than anyone in the NFL. And it's not like Ryan Tannehill has laser vision onto DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins only. No, Tannehill has been in the league long enough to know that you are finding the open receiver regardless of what their name is. And so for me... I'm betting on the athleticism of a Chigokwanko and Chalon Burks every single day of the week. It's a market play at the end of the day. Like Seth said, you see the value dip. You've got to capitalize. And that's what I'm doing. I think that, you know, even if DeAndre Hopkins plays the full season, that both of these guys will be fine. And then eventually DeAndre Hopkins will be gone and they'll be very, very good again. So I'm in on these players. I love their athleticism, love the profile. And love the potential in the Tennessee Titans offense as well. So I did a little deep dive. I wanted to see what Ryan Tannehill looks like as a quarterback that could potentially support multiple pass catching options in in Tennessee. Uh, there were two seasons that stuck out in terms of his most uh, pass-happy campaigns. That was 2020 and 2021. In 2020, Tannehill threw 481 pass attempts. He scored 22 fantasy points per game. He was QB9. His wide receiver one was A.J. Brown, who had over 1,000 yards, over 100 targets, 11 touchdowns, and was wide receiver six. Corey Davis had saw almost 100 targets. He had almost 1,000 receiving yards. He was wide receiver 32 on a points-per-game basis. And John U. Smith saw 65 targets, about 450 receiving yards, had eight touchdowns. Pretty good, eight touchdowns. He was tight end 13 on a points-per-game basis. Now, in 2021, that pass attempt went up to 531. Tannehill went down to 16.6 fantasy points a game. That was 14th. A.J. Brown remained his wide receiver one. Over 100 targets, 869 receiving yards. He was wide receiver 24 on a points-per-game basis. Nick Westbrook-Ikine was the second-highest receiver with 476 receiving yards and had the 6.7 fantasy points a game. He was wide receiver 71. Anthony Fersker, 43 targets, had 300 receiving yards, was tight end 28. So there was no other supported pass catchers in 2021. Now, when I look at these two seasons, it really was the picture that I needed to be painted for all three of these guys. And Traylon Burks is a sell to me because I can't say with any confidence whether he's A.J. Brown or Nick Westbrook, Kine, Corey Davis in this situation. And if you're telling me that his upside is – uh, wide receiver six, like, holy cow, that's really great, obviously. But I don't think that's the case. I mean, uh, A.J. Brown was playing with a, uh, you know, no, was not playing with someone as talented as DeAndre Hopkins. And, uh, you know, Brian Tannehill is going to be uh, going through, I think it's his age 33, 35 season, somewhere in that range. So we're talking about an older guy here, someone who may not even be the starter all year long. So I'm selling because you could still get a 24 first for Traylon Burks and reset the clock there. You can move him for Jalen Waddle. I mean, there Jalen Waddle. If you if you add a little something on the side, there's enough here, and I'm just not necessarily interested in playing the gamble of who's going to be AJ Brown in this offense. So I am selling Traylon Burks. Now we talked about Burks. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Jason, you buying or selling D Hop? D Hop to me, I mean, ultimately he's a hold, right? Like I'm perfectly fine having to roster DeAndre Hopkins. There is nothing wrong with that at all. But if I do roster him, 
I'm trying to sell him. I'm trying to see what I can get. And I want to get as good of a return as possible. It's just important to remember how good of a player that DeAndre Hopkins has been over his career. He hasn't had under 14 points per game since 2016. And even in that year, he had a pretty solid 12.3 points per game. And last season, he was number four in target share. And that's part of the reason, of course, why we're so concerned about Burks of Oconquo is that because DeAndre Hopkins demands so many targets, he was a fantastic route runner, number four in route win rate last season, number two in route win rate against man specifically. So he's an elite route runner, an elite separator at the next level. No matter what, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be good for fantasy football. He is what he is. And so... I think the best course of action for this would be to hold DeAndre Hopkins until the season starts, until people see those points hit the board. And that's when you can fully set sail on him, get some other assets, because I've talked time and time again on this show. The wide receiver market is the most volatile market in this fantasy football community. In this space, you can find value year in, year out. If there's a guy you like that's incredibly cheap, you can trade D-Hop for them in a pretty penny and you will be fine. You can replace the production that you're going to get from DeAndre Hopkins fairly easily and I'm fine moving him if you can get a good return. Seth, you buying or selling DeAndre Hopkins? I think every year there are certain players that if you're a contending team, and I try to set my teams up to where I'm a perpetually contending team, even if I have to go down the productive struggle route. DeAndre Hopkins is one of these players that I'm always going to be in on buying because the price is not going to break the bank. And DeAndre Hopkins, the last, I don't know, let's count them, Maddie. One, two, three, four, five seasons. Every time he's been healthy, he's been a top 10 receiver in fantasy points per game. In fact, the last... In 2022, he was number nine, and, and he played nine games in fantasy points per game. The year before, he's not ranked. I mean, 14.7 fantasy points per game. I'm guessing that would be a wide receiver, too. But you get the point. I mean, he's he, he is an elite receiver in an offense that we – the same reasons we loved Conquo and Burks was because, I mean, God, the volume's going to be there, even in an offense that features Derrick Henry. So now you would think he's getting 130 targets – easy in this offense now i i hope that for my sake that if i'm investing in deandre hopkins that ryan Tannehill's the quarterback because i i know what i'm getting there but yeah i'm just to be clear i'm i am buying deandre hopkins on a team where i'm a contender because i think the price tag is probably going to be a a future second i'm guessing but i it just kind of depends i sent him away for like a brock purdy and a second in one yeah yeah something like that yeah so i not reasonable it's not gonna break the bank and it could put you over the top i mean because he's probably gonna he has a chance to give you that top 10 wide receiver i mean really good chance of being a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy points per game i'm scarred by the ghosts of randy moss andre johnson and julio jones and I, I, I'm, I'm selling DeAndre Hopkins for everything I said for Traylon. I just don't know if I can confidently pick out how this is going to go. Uh, but then I was listening to Jason. I thought, that's a really good idea. Maybe we should wait and hold. So what I did was I went to the world-famous draft kit that you can get at playerprofiler.com. So make sure you're checking out the player profiler, world-famous draft kit. And what we have there is something called Team Insights, which has a whole breakdown on all 32 teams. 
And you can look at the schedule. So I look at the schedule of the Tennessee Titans. They're at New Orleans, home against the Chargers, at the Cleveland, home against the Bengals. I don't think those are good matchups for Tennessee and for their potential to score a lot of points. I might be looking to sell now because I think as as much as Jason's right that if you believe he can get you 15, 16, 17 over the first three weeks, you could sell at a premium. I also think if you get eight, nine, and ten, you're not selling at all because the, you will be now yeah. looking in a in the dumpster. So if yeah. you look at those four first four matchups and you say to yourself they can score, then hold. Uh, but I think Jason and I are both selling here, whether it be now or Halloween. So we're looking to sell DeAndre Hopkins. Let's get down to Chigakonku. I'll get it started. My argument for buying a Konku is simply this: it's the lowest bar that he's gonna have to cross to return value. We're talking about yep. touchdowns. We saw Ryan Tannehill connect with Jonu Smith for eight touchdowns. It only got him to tight end 13. That's how little he was used and how little he produced outside of scoring those touchdowns. But Chico Kwonk was coming off the board right around 11 to 13, so he can return value with just a season of a little bit of tight end luck. We've seen him be hyper-efficient. He's a good athlete, like you said, Jason. So I'm buying Chico Kwonk. I know you said earlier you're buying Chico Kwonk. So wrap this thing up, Seth. Are you buying or selling Mr. Chigozium Okonkwo? I love I love Chigozium Okonkwo. So, yes, I'm buying because – yeah, I'm buying all three of these guys um, in different situations. I mean, because I'm always on the lookout for discounted players, and he, he's a discounted player right now. So I can, you know, the stock has gone down a little bit because of DeAndre Hopkins, but he was super efficient in his rookie season, one of the more efficient rookies that we've seen in just a little amount of time that we have seen him play. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm always going to push my chips in on the talent, and I feel like this guy's got a lot of talent. So. The quarterback landscape of this team, I mean, I know they drafted Will Levis, but who knows? This could be another team that is in on a Kirk Cousins or Trey Lance or who knows? Who knows what what can happen? So I'm buying. Jason, anything else you want to add here? Yeah, I just – Maddie, I'm sorry. I just – I think if you're selling DeAndre Hopkins, you have to be buying Traylon Burks. I think you have to. Like if you're uncomfortable in believing in DeAndre Hopkins – that means that Traylon Burks is going to succeed. So I just I'm saying I, I don't know if I can confidently pick either one. Yeah, so no, as we I know. stand that, right now, that I'd rather go with home. the. That's why I think you've got to go with the younger asset with the athleticism in Traylon Burks. Right, but swallow you, that pill. But what right? you, I'm not giving up the 24 first that he's going for. I'm not giving up okay. the Ahan Dotson that he's going for. He it, the, my that's argument fair. part of my argument of selling Burks was that you could still get out from underneath him. And That's fair. look good. That's you fair. can you can reset the rookie clock uh, if you trade for that twenty four first. If I thought his value is in the dumps, I would be buying. I mean, we've seen on trade gods. If you've tuned into trade gods, you've seen me go one eighty on a player because the value just tanks so much that it becomes a buy. Yeah. So Traylon could absolutely be that for me, no doubt about it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that I'm all, always going to be out on Traylon, but right now knowing that what I can get for the second year guy who hasn't really proven a ton and this offense is cloudy, yeah. I'm looking to still sell them both. And the reason why I'm buying Chig is because I do believe he can return value pretty easily. Uh, yeah. And if you don't, I still think that at this point, you know, what is he going in tight end premium leagues? You're going to have to pay up for him. So in those, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit more hesitant, but I think in most leagues, I think Chigozium right now is going for a decent price. Yeah. And like I said, the bar, the barrier for success is so much lower. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and Chig has fallen much further than Burks has to to everyone's credit here. There's so. a big rallying cry to go by Burks. And I'm yeah. not saying the people that are, cry- are are saying this are wrong. I don't believe that at all because all those things that you guys talked about when it comes to a guy like Burks is going to be there whether it's tr- uh, you know D-Hop as the wide receiver one or not. But I do think the, the folks saying that this is a similar situation to Devontae Smith is nutso. Devontae produced a lot more as a rookie, has Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, and that offense was transcending. And I know people might be even saying right now in this on this episode, well, how can you say that a guy like DJ Moore can change an offense and how many times they throw the ball, but a guy like D-Hop can't? It's not that D-Hop can't. It's that D-Hop's not the age that, you know, DJ Moore is and the Tennessee Titans are not at the stage that the Chicago Bears are in. The Bears have a better quarterback. They have their first round guy in the prime of his career. They invested in the offensive line. They've done enough to push that offense forward where all the Titans have done is really just stay put and looking like they're not going to fire. There's the offense was looking terrible and they just bring in a cheap option. Oh, not cheap option, but a free option only costs them money. Then have to use a draft pick or trade the draft picks to get D hop. I don't think it's an apples for apples thing, but I understand yeah. the, the idea that there is a price when it, if it gets to that market, you know, we, we were just talking. Trade markers like the stock market. I will set my, you know, my 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 little meter here. Once Burks gets to this price, I'm hitting that buy button. But right now, I still think he. I just think he's a sell. And that, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Matty Kiwum is a trade god, right there. That's that's a really that's, that's why a really we good... are the trade gods because <laughs> we break it down for everybody. That's a really good point that you bring up because there are situations like this where you would assume that a player's value would go down, but then if there's I mean, it's supply and demand, right? I mean, if everybody's thinking the same thing, if everybody's thinking, oh, my God, we should go out and trade for Traylon Burks, likely, I mean, you're not going to get a ton of deals done for Traylon Burks because the person holding them sees that too. So Mm -hmm. it might be easier to get an Aconquo trade done because we assume that Hopkins and Burks are the top two passing options or top two receiving options in this offense. And it very well could be there's a – real world where it's Hopkins and a Conquo, not Burks. So right. I, yeah. I think that's the move. I think that's the actionable move that our listeners can take out of this is maybe avoid Burks as much as I still think I put my buy stamp on him. I think a Conquo is the guy that's probably the guy you should go get. Yeah, no, definitely cheaper and more likely to outproduce the value that you'd have to give up. So I, I'm with you guys there for sure. Big shout out to I am Hutch Barson, Cocarol 13, Gippy F1, Fantasy Moo Man, and Atomic X Media for letting us grade your trades. And a big, massive, super special shout out to Mr. Seth, the editor here at Player Profile. Thank you for joining the Trade Gods. Sir, the floor is yours. Go ahead and plug everything. All right. This might take two from earlier. Um, so uh, you can follow me on you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Seth underscore D-I-E-W-O-L-D because it's hard to pronounce. It's D-Wald, but we're still – some people don't know that yet, but we'll, we'll work on it. Um, so Seth underscore D-I-E-W-O-L-D on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube as well. I post YouTube videos, mostly clips from the Dynasty Roundtable, which you can catch on the Player Profiler YouTube channel at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. You should definitely check that out tomorrow and going forward and be sure to like and subscribe subscribe to the player profiler youtube channel where trade gods is where new shows like first and 15 dynasty roundtable or 
Dynasty Roundtable. Dynasty Warzone featuring Memphis. Oh, yeah. And, of course, we have our old reliable shows like The Sonic Truth and Mind of Mansion that, let's face it, one, one of, if not the best fantasy football shows on planet Earth. So subscribe to the channel on YouTube and go check out articles. I've got so many things to plug, dude. Like, it's crazy, like, what, <laughs> what I'm doing. Like, go check out the articles, too, on PlayerProPlay.com. <laughs> They're free. They're free. And I edit every single one of them with my new co-manager, assistant to the manager, uh, Joel, <laughs> Joel Barra is our new assistant editor. So uh, awesome. Joel's, help, Joel's helping me out. So Joel, Joel's a fantastic writer, too. So check him out on playerprofiler.com. Oh, love the shout out. Jason, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me personally on Twitter at JFootballLine. You can, of course, find me here Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern with you, my trade god brethren, Matty Kiwoom. Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. You can find me on the Player Profiler YouTube channel, Wake and Take, discussing the latest NFL news. And if that is not enough, go follow the YouTube at Roto Underworld, the Facebook Player Profiler, and the TikTok Player Profiler. Yeah, baby. <laughs> TikTok. The- TikTok. Maddie Kiwum's doing some TikToks, right? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Make sure you're checking out the Injury Finder and the World Famous Draft Kit. Both are live as we speak. You can find me on Twitter at Maddie Kiwum. The game plan each and every Saturday. Trade Gods every Thursday. And I will be bringing some Q&As live to TikTok. Talk, so you're not going to want to miss out on any of that and if you just can't get enough of me you can also head over to patreon.com slash the executives for cody and Car- cody carpentier and on my uh patreon so you can check that out as well i'm at a womb he's jason all we were joined by the Gretz. My God, why wait a fumble on the one yard line? You go. I'm at a key woman. He's Jason Owen. We're joined by Seth the D. Tune in next week. Peace.